Hello, and welcome to The Advantage Investor, a Raymond James Limited podcast, a podcast that provides perspective for Canadian investors who want to remain knowledgeable, informed, and focused on long-term success. We are recording this on September 14th, 2021. I'm Chris Cooksey from the Raymond James Corporate Communications and Marketing Department, and today we are speaking with Senior Trust Advisor Damian McGrath to discuss estate planning, taxes, and probate. Now, Damian works for um, our... I guess, sister company uh, or are one of our subsidiaries, Raymond James Trust Canada, supporting our advisors and their clients by helping ensure that all the bases are covered when it comes to estate planning. Welcome to the Advantage Investor, Damien. How are you doing in beautiful Saskatoon today? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Chris, for having me on. Looking forward to uh, chatting today. Well, we really appreciate the time and I know we got a lot of questions here, so let's jump right in and we'll start with the big one at uh, 40,000 feet. What is estate planning, my friend? So uh, estate planning is, is more than just having a will. Uh, I mean, it's important to have a will, but we also want to make sure that that's set up to achieve what we want it to do. So really estate planning is a process. Uh, it needs to take into account the different types of assets that we have, how they might pass on death, uh, what the practicalities of those assets and passing would be, uh, also how those assets are owned and what the tax implications might be. Um, so it's really taking a sort of, you know, having a will to the next level and making sure it's having a plan. Um, and I think it's a good thing to be doing at any age uh, to be looking at that. Um, that's a plan that will probably evolve over time and may be revised as time goes on. But also just really understanding the impact of assets that you have on an estate sometimes helps you with your lifetime planning and the, the setups that you want to do in life as well and part of the overall financial planning. Now, a uh, quick question around estate planning. Is it just physical assets or do you find a, a proper estate plan helps um, maybe smooth the emotions out? I mean, obviously, death is going to be an emotional type situation anyway. Um, but, you know, making sure the right ring goes to the right person or the painting or whatever that asset is. Um, does estate planning help with that as well, do you find? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, the conversation often turns around to, you know, what you want your legacy to be to be, and how to achieve that for those that are left behind. And, and really that's more than just about an inheritance. It's just as much about the impact of that inheritance, um, how family dynamics might come into play, um, you know, especially if you have, you know, there are family expectations that don't necessarily match with their reality or there are, you know, issues between families. And, you know, I do see it more often. I suppose it's probably one of the downsides of being an estate lawyer is that you see these disputes mm -hmm. either firsthand because you're dealing with them or in cases because you're reading about them. A lot of them, I think, are disputes that would have been avoided by having the right people in place to deal with an estate, but right. also having the right planning done in advance. Excellent. Now, um, probate, obviously, is a word that is part of the uh, estate planning process. I don't think a lot of people or maybe maybe a few people like myself are a little confused at exactly what is probate. So maybe we can hit that one next. Mm -hmm. so, so probate is a, is a court process. And, you know, I often refer to it as a sort of a a sealing of, of the will. Um, so the executor has to make an application to the court uh, and effectively says, here's the will, here's a list of all the assets that are going to be involved in the estate. And I promise as an executor that I'm going to deal with the estate, I'm going to pay its debts, I'm going to distribute it in accordance with, with the terms of the will. Um, and they're basically giving that, that, that promise to the court. 
I think really the one of the reasons, well, a few reasons for having it. First of all, it's a bit of a protection for the executor, um, but really it's to allow the outside world to be able to deal with that executor. So if I'm a financial institution or if I'm land titles uh, and I've got a person coming and saying, I'm the executor, I need to transfer this property into the estate, or could you please write a check to the estate account? You know, I know that you've got the court authority and you've promised right. to the court that you're going to do that. I know that someone else isn't going to come along tomorrow with the same piece of paper and say, I'm the executive. Can you transfer <laughs> it to me, please? So, you know, a lot of about protection, you don't always need probate. It really is um, is dependent on the assets that you have. Typically, if there's land, you're going to need probate because land titles are going to want to have that authority. Um, if there are accounts at financial institutions, generally they're going to want probate unless they're very small amounts for that very reason it's that risk and that protection to make sure that they're dealing with the right person and that person has promised to the court that they're going to do the right thing circle of trust thing i guess yeah yeah uh, and, and i suppose one of the big questions i get asked with probate is the costs and the process and the time uh and it depends from province to province uh you know some provinces have very low probate costs um, some provinces have higher probate costs. So, uh, you know, uh, BC will be 1.4. I think Ontario is 1.5. Alberta is very small. Saskatchewan's 0.7. You know, so it does vary across. So there is that fee. Um, and, you know, it takes a bit of time sometimes for the probate process to go through. Um, but, you know, it's often one of those mechanisms that has to happen in the state. Makes sense. Now, I've always found it sort of humorous that executor and executioner are awfully close in terms of words, but uh, maybe you can just give us a little um, look at what it's like to be an executor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I suppose if you were, had either of those jobs, they may be just as tough as each other. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 you know, it's a, being an executor is a, it's, it's a thankless task. I think, um, you know, it can take a very, very long time. Um, you know, there's a lot of work to do. It comes with personal responsibility and you're always having to manage, um, you know, the beneficiaries and dealing with all those outside parties. So, you know, you, you sort of, when you're doing your estate planning to actually put some real thought into who that executor is going to be, um, you know, is a real, a real big deal. I think, um, you know, lots of factors to consider, you know, where is my executor? What's the location, my executor, you know, if they're out of the province, might they have to file bonds with the courts or if they're out of, uh, they're out, even out of Canada, how much of a problem is that going to cause? Do they really have the time to deal with it? Do they have the expertise? How old are they? You know, what sort of skill sets? You know, it's it's a it's an old it's an adage now. I think people are saying it a lot. It's just not an honor to be appointed an executive. It's a, it's a burden. <laughs> it's it's a responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I guess too, like, uh, does the person want the job? Um, yep. I remember hearing a story about someone who became the executor for for his his dad's um, uh, estate, and while his brother and sister were out grieving, uh, they were at the table, sort of collecting receipts, um, and obviously yep. I simplified. Uh, the situation, but you know, they really ended up feeling like they missed out on the, a part of the grieving process because their time was occupied by this sort of legal requirement they had uh, either signed up for or were uh, voluntold to do. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true, and and, and I, I think you know I've I've seen that in the in the work I do. You know, working with Raymond James Trust, I, I'm you know can be appointed. Uh, Raymond James Trust can be appointed as an executor to do that role, and I have a lot of clients that are turning to that for that very reason. Um, and I've also had executors that have come to the trust company and said, hey, I'm named the executor. 
I really don't want to do this job. Can you please help? Here's yeah. the box of papers. Here's the things <laughs> we need to do. And I've, I've genuinely had conversations with them, you know, a month later saying, just the feeling of having that weight taken off my shoulders has actually allowed me to grieve, allow me to process what's going on. And, um, you know, knowing that all that stuff is going to get taken care of, um, you know, is, is, is a real relief because it is a stress. Right. Now, do you have any additional advice on how to choose one? Uh, the proper executor or? Yeah. Well, again, I, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a case of, you know, being mindful of what that job is going to look like. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe an older person that's appointing their brother or sister. Well, that's great, but they're the same sort of age of you, you know, how, how challenging is that going to be? Um, you know, sometimes people don't have anybody else that they want to appoint as an executive, so they'll turn to a trust company. Um, but even those that sort of have, you know, children that can do it, you know, how are those children going to get on? Am I going to name one of them? Or are I going to name two or three of them to try to work together? Is one going to end up doing more work than the other? Um, you know, is there going to be some tension, you know, involved between there, you know, when someone doesn't pull their weight or someone's doing all the work or simply a sibling is in control right. of an estate? Um, and unfortunately, I see it happen. And I think it rolls back round to what I said at the beginning about the whole idea of planning is what that legacy is going to look like. And, you know, I do want to make financial provision for family or for other generations. But what I don't want to do is see them fighting and falling apart after. after right. Uh, so having someone independent take care of all that, you know, it's, it's a real good appeal for a lot of clients. Excellent. Now, one of the favorite uh, topics within investments is always taxes. Um, so maybe you can just give us a quick overview on how uh, taxes and how that works within a state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, your the estate will pay taxes on your death. So, you know, the taxes that are paid out of the estate, um, I suppose the simplest way of looking at it is, is as if you cashed in everything on the day that you died. Um, you know, so if you have, you know, uh, registered assets like an RSP and you were to to cash that in tomorrow, you're going to have a tax implication of that. It's almost practically as though you're having income uh, for that full amount for the year. So you're going to be paying taxes. Sometimes you're paying, you know, 45, 48 plus percent tax right. on that. Um, or if you had, let's say you had an investment property or a second property uh, that has some inherent capital gains built up in that property, you sell it one day, you're going to have a tax bill to pay. It's the same as in your estate. So that's really kind of how it's looked at. Um, and often taxes is the biggest expense in an estate um, and often the most overlooked in the planning. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and I think that comes around to, you know, understanding what it's going to be and the impact that that might have on the beneficiaries, but also knowing that it's the estate that has to pay those taxes. Right. Um, and trying to plan around that. Um, you know, a lot of that planning comes in with perhaps beneficiary designations. You know, okay. maybe I'm designating a certain person or a child um, as the beneficiary on a registered asset, an RSP, um, I pass away, that asset passes to that child, but there's still a tax implication of that. And the estate has to pay the tax implication. Okay. So understanding how that works might make you review as to what actually maybe I want to have that, that designation come into the estate. I can have everything come in. I can deal with all the taxes. Then I can have my inheritance and everything paid out after that. So it's certainly something to think about. You, uh, I imagine, can help uh, people minimize taxes uh, when it comes to the estate or, uh, as you said, at least position it in a way to make it more efficient. So uh, how do you do a, go about doing that? 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there's also the, you have conversations by taking into account, really looking at all, all the different assets and how they're held, um, you know, as part of that planning process and what would happen to them as they flow through the estate. Um, you know, there's, there's ways of reducing taxes. If we, if we could pass away without owning anything, then, you know, we wouldn't have any real tax to pay. Um, you know, so, but, you know, sometimes there's conversations around gifting. I mean, that's difficult because you don't know what you're going to need and when you're going to need it. Sure. And sometimes you're having conversations around charitable donations in an estate, you know, that can have an impact in reducing taxes as well in the same way that it does in a lifetime. Um, and that's the interesting thing about estate planning. There isn't a one size fits all. Right. You know, it's right. very specific to what an individual's wishes and wants are, but also specific to how they have assets and what, how they're held. Now, you know, one thing that I noticed throughout all these questions is really uh, the importance of conversation. Um, you know, in your experience, is that true? Conversation, having an open, honest conversation usually leads to um, better results, say. I don't know how to frame that in a different way, but um, I can't imagine having uh, not having good conversation leads to, to um, you know, al alternative out outcomes that maybe not everyone's happy with. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, from the planning point of view, it's, you know, having a good conversation and, and getting good advice and, and part of that planning. Um, and then there's, you know, to what extent do you have conversations with family about yeah. their expectations about how things are going to be, um, you know, and, and that does become a little bit more individual. And again, depends on the complexity of what people have, you know, right. the, you know, you've got a family business and there's family members involved, you absolutely must be having conversations about how that's going to transition and who's going to be in control and how that's going to work in that worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, you know, so again, just, just depends on everyone. But yeah, talking about it and looking at it and, you know, if you've got, um, you know, talking to your, your advisor about that or talking to your estate planning about that, I think it's real good stuff. Well, thank you, Damien, very much. Uh, that's a lot of important information for everyone to consider today. I hope you will come back because I know we need to talk about things about, you know, uh, POAs and trusts and all these other parts of estate planning, which, you know, I think is often a, a part of um, investment planning that gets maybe forgotten or pushed off till the end because of maybe where death normally happens. But everyone likes to talk about the accumulation part of it. That's for sure. It's that the second half where uh, we need to have bigger conversations. So I appreciate you sharing your thoughts with the Advantage listeners today, and I hope you'll come back. Thank you. Love to. The Advantage Investor is now on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So please subscribe and rate the podcast. Please contact your advisors with any questions you have. As mentioned, Damien is uh, one of the great resources uh, your advisors have access to. So please uh, contact them, ask any questions, and they, uh, they know where to go uh, if they need help to, to answer these questions. And on behalf of Raymond James and the Advantage Investor Podcast, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen today. Until next time, stay well. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Statistics and factual data and other information are from sources Raymond James Limited believes to be reliable, but their accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information is furnished on the basis and understanding that Raymond James Limited is to be under no liability whatsoever in respect thereof. It is provided as a general source of information and should not be construed as an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any product and should not be considered tax advice. Raymond James advisors are not tax advisors and we recommend that clients seek independent advice from a professional advisor on tax related matters. 
Securities-related products and services are offered through Raymond James Limited, member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Insurance products and services are offered through Raymond James Financial Planning Limited, which is not a member of Canadian Investor Protection Fund.